Welcome to the law firm of Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. Go ahead, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit back and listen. Okay, so we're here. We're here. Welcome to Davis and Davis, the law firm that you cannot count on. Uh, thank you, thank you. I, I'm uh, I'm exhausted. It's been a long week already, and it's only Tuesday. Why are we so exhausted, Scotty? Well, actually, bad news. Uh, one of the ladies that that. Uh, uh used our services um expired last week monday no last week sunday and yesterday was her funeral no i'm sorry um it's okay she doesn't feel anything now Uh, not for her for you oh maybe maybe you liked her i don't know uh, You'd have to uh, have feelings for that who who knows but whatever okay uh, she she was a (laughs) She was a Dallas socialite, and uh, <laughs> I, I mean, very. Yeah, Billy Lee Rippy was phenomenal. Now, if, if I I know you're not a sports fan, uh, there is a hockey team called the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, I've heard of them. Okay, they had a minor league team here in Dallas, and her husband, Bill Rippy. I think it was Bill. We're going to go with that for now. We're going to go with that for now. And I may just bleep that whole shit out. It's okay. Anyways, he was the owner of, of the, the CHL team that they had here called the Dallas Blackhawks. <clears throat> um, she was, she was, ex- you would have loved her. She, <laughs> here's, here's a woman that never drank never smoked, never did anything, but smiled all the time. And I was like, wow, that's, that's very, that's very nice. She's like the female (laughs) Mr. Rogers. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I I just got confirmation. Yes, it was Bill Rippey. Uh, His actual name was William Mac Rippey. And he died in 1995, uh, which was four years before I moved to Dallas. I met Billy Lee in 1999. I didn't really think much of it. She was one of the, uh, she was one of the, the big wigs who, uh, donated money to the Dallas theater center all the time. Bless her heart. Uh, yeah, she, I mean, this woman did everything. Uh, I, I actually did the video for her funeral. 
And I had pictures from the Cerebral Palsy Foundation, the American Heart Association. She was uh, big at the Dallas Country Club. She was one of the top donators for the Dallas Summer Musicals. Uh, I, it, it, she was in the newspaper every week. Oh, wow. Um, so more of a philanthropist than a socialite, really. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, well, I, no, I, I wouldn't. You know what? I think they kind of go together. Hmm. Um, but she was a philanthropist first and a socialite later. Well, well, no, she was a socialite first and oh, then yeah. a philanthropist later. She was the cotillion. She came from money. Uh, always lived in Dallas, um, married, a an oil tycoon. And, uh, oh. it, it was funny that she had, she had a house that there's, there's an area here in Dallas called Highland park lawyer. Sorry. He was a lawyer and I should have known that because one of the pictures actually was from a law firm. Um, anyways, let me, uh, they, they, they lived in an area in, in Dallas called Highland Park. It's, it's, uh, Ritzy? it's, yes, it's where Southern Methodist University is. Um, it's a very exclusive. Upper, yes. Got it. Okay. Uh, you will not find a home in Highland Park for under $700,000. Uh, the house that she was in was, I think, right around 4,000 square feet. It's one of the older homes in Highland Park. It is guaranteed now that she is gone, that home will be torn down and a much, much larger home will be put in its place. Um, but she lived in that home for 60 years, I think it was. Oh, jeez. Uh, and I mean, there were pictures all over and I, 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 it was like, it was like walking through a history book. Time um, capsule. Yeah. Yeah. She's a great woman. Um, I, I know Kristen's going to miss her. I know, I know that I'm going to miss her. She, uh, even with, with all of the troubles that I dealt with at certain times, she was always there trying to fix things. So I give the woman a lot of credit because I'm not the easiest person to like. <laughs> you're, there we go. you're barely the easiest person to tolerate. What are you talking about? You are not the first person to say that. To me. <laughs> oh, there's uh, another sound bite for you. Ferris Bueller's day off. Yeah. Which one is that? It's understanding that allows people like myself to tolerate a person like you. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, okay, I, I, as as the audience is going to find out, <laughs> I have, um, I have a new, I have a new soundboard, so I'm I'm able to to kind of do drops and stuff, and uh, uh, I, I. I Please do not email me and tell me that I'm a racist for playing this one. But... Oh, no more Yankee, my wanky. The <laughs> donga need food. 
Long <laughs> Duck Dong. <laughs> Kenny Watanabe, I think is his name. I love him. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what I'm going right. to do is piss and moan like an impotent jerk and then bend over and take it up the tailpipe. <laughs> Got to be a long night, people. <laughs> so, Scott. Yes. What are we drinking tonight? Oh. oh, 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 oh! I know. I sent you a picture earlier. I, I saw. I saw the picture, and I recognize it is probably being really good. Uh, let's see here, because I don't have the bottle sitting right in front of me. Elijah Craig Small Batch 1789 Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Ooh. I am officially about to take the first sip. It is on the rocks. That's it. He's contemplating his drink, swishing around his mouth, trying to come up with words. <clears throat> I will say this. It is not bad. It was $35. Okay, so, yeah. It would be better with Mixer. Oh, Sorry. Sorry. You'll have that, you know. And maybe that's just your taste buds now. Maybe after a couple more sips, you'll be like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever had. But And, and, and that could that could be because I've been yeah. drinking beer for the past hour or so. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I yes. have a bourbon called Rebel 100. Rebel 100. So it's 100 proof. For being, and usually 100 proofers or 90 proofers are usually... It, it, they hit you a little strong. This is very smooth. This is a very straight, drinkable bourbon. This one was in the thirty-ish dollar range, I think, at my store. And my my oh. stuff costs less than yours. This is maybe a forty-dollar bottle to you, okay. but but uh, yeah, I just got some ice cubes and my Star Trek cup, and uh, yeah, that, there were. <laughs> Money money was a little bit tight this week, so I didn't go splurging. Mm. Uh, I, I almost actually went to my my good old everyday bullet bourbon. I, that's that's really and then finally my store got back the uh, devil's cut, but I was like, nah, I want to try something different, so I have something. Well, you know, another it, another review to you know. We we actually have a place here in. Uh, in the mid cities, which where, where I live in the Dallas Fort Worth area, it's called the mid cities. Uh, I'm halfway between Fort Worth and Dallas. Got it. Okay. Uh, but there's a place right down the street called halls and halls has the largest selection of, uh, of beer in the state of Texas. Ooh. Uh, they That's a bold statement. Well, they import from everywhere. Uh, they have Great Lakes here. Oh which wow! Great Lakes is not a national brew. No, it is a craft <laughs> brew from Ohio. 
It's, um, it's, I mean, it's re- I mean, you could probably go a couple states away from Ohio and pick it up, but that's probably about it. Yeah, they he he has it specially specially brought in. Um, Halls is great, and and to top it off, Halls has a barbecue shop attached to it. I mean, like so, buy the dry rub and all that kind of good shit. No, you go buy the meat. Ooh. You go buy a pound of of barbecued brisket to take <laughs> home with your with your bottle of bourbon or your uh, six pack of uh, uh, yeah. whatever beer that you get. Nice, nice. Well, it, it, Texas is extremely weird about hard liquor. So Halls was one of the only places in the mid cities where you could buy it up until about three years ago. Uh, the city that I live in, Irving, passed a liquor law about three years ago. Um, this was a dry, dry city. You, if you went to a restaurant in Irving, they had this thing called a unicard that you had to get. It's not given by the state. It's given by the restaurant. But if you are caught drinking in a restaurant without a unicard, you uh, you you can't be prosecuted, but you could be kicked out. Basically, what the unicard was all about was it 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 the the restaurant that you were drinking in became a club. So the okay. unicard was your your way membership into the club yes interesting so kind of a loophole ish interesting okay fair enough yeah so anyways uh i don't know how i got off on that tangent we have been... <laughs> we talked about alcohol yeah so we, I, we have... I i would i would i would suggest you uh maybe put <sighs> rebel 100 on your list of uh something to try one of these days it's it, it, it's pretty goddamn smooth for being a hundred proof with uh, bourbon i'm i'm super pleased here's what okay now that i've given the elijah jones or elijah craig a little bit of time to settle in it's really not bad it, it's strong because it's 95 proof mm-hmm. uh or it says 94 proof okay whatever what's one it it, it is good i it is good i could drink this straight i could drink this straight i i it's not gonna let let the ice melt a little bit longer than normal but yeah Yeah, it it's something that that is not gonna go on my hey this is my top fave yeah yeah thing um yeah i i am still a a there is a Texas bourbon that uh, when I come to Ohio, I'm going to have to bring with me. It's it's called 1794. Ooh. Um, it is. <laughs> wow. It's incredible. <laughs> um, well, y'all got deep Eddie vodka out there, man. Their grapefruit vodka yeah. is the bomb. Holy crap. That stuff is killer. Uh, yeah. There's a, you know, there's some really interesting breweries and and craft places out here in Texas, but um, I digress. All right, we 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 had a we had a challenge 
to do this week. Um, it's the it's movie review week, guys. But it's a versus movie review. Actually, before we do this, I think I need to talk to the audience real quick about what's going on with this show. Uh, Burke and I usually do a show that's long enough to where we can cut it into two shows. And that is what we're going to do from now on. So you will get a new show every Tuesday and every Thursday. Uh, as today's Tuesday, right? It is. Yeah. So a show should have come out today. I, I can't remember <laughs> what it was. And you put that on an automatic drop basically. And yeah, yeah. Okay. I think, I think this was, I think this was the movie review the the fugitive movie review part two was today. Well, uh, and then what was that that real quickie thing we did as a just in case? The that went out last week Tuesday, and then oh, okay. last week Thursday we released the first part of the fugitive. Okay, gotcha. So fugitive tonight. So the second part of the fugitive will be tonight. The show that you're listening to right now will should, be Thursday. Part one should be Thursday. If it's long enough. <laughs> and let me tell you, I can usually find some some shit out there on the interwebs about movies and stuff, but the the gumball rally has not a lot of info out there on it. Tons of stuff about cannonball, but man, just not a lot of stuff about the gumball rally. Which is sad because I love the gumball rally. Yes. All right, um, we're going to have to take a break here for a second. Which is okay. So All right. we'll be back in just a moment. All right, so um, so there will be shows every Tuesday and Thursday, first off. Secondly, as everyone knows, I also run the Cleveland Sports Fan. I bet you all had a lot to talk about just recently. That who cares? Here are the facts. We, the Davis and Davis show, last week surpassed the Cleveland sports fan and listeners. What? I, I, thank you all. I, how? What? What black magic fuckery is going on here? You you all talk about. I mean, you hit the fucking oh, Super Bowl. No more Yankee, my wanky. <laughs> the donga need food. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> I have no clue. We have almost tripled over the the from the beginning of the year to now oh so we have uh, three people listening that's awesome <laughs> wish it was that low <clears throat> now you gotta start watching what you're saying a little bit that sucks we are up, <laughs> we are up over uh we're up over 300 listeners every week 
I honestly thought the shit we talked about nobody cared about. Holy crap! I, and and well, Kate, once again, thank you all. Once uh, all all of you out there, that's awesome. Thank you for your support. I, I, I yeah. <laughs> We're gonna keep bullshitting our way to fame and fortune. I don't. <laughs> I do not understand it at all. Is I, I I honestly thought that like the Cleveland sports fan would be would be something that people would love. You know, it talks about sports, talks about the the Browns, the Indians, uh, and. And lo and behold, sitting around and talking with with dirty minds seems to really resonate with people. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like we are the we are the great time killer. Yeah, golf clap, golf clap. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't even give us the good clap. I mean, I gave us the golf clap. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know. I digress. Um, okay. So, anyways, our our goal this weekend, or or this uh, this show, this these two shows that you're going to get out of this was a versus show. It was a versus show, but it's actually two uh, two separate movie reviews, almost <laughs> at that point. But yeah, we're we're reviewing two movies. We're reviewing. The Gumball Rally, which came out in 1976, mm-hmm. which was the year before they actually started keeping track of box office revenue. Really? Which is why you don't find a lot on the interweb about how much money was was spent, all that. It, yeah, I, 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 one site was like this number, and another site was another number. I'm like, okay, you know, how much they spent on the budget? So, yeah, yeah well, this I, yeah, we're, we'll put disclaimers on the whole budgetary thing. And I, I finally gave up on figuring out how much money they spent. I know how much money they made off the film. Uh, so uh, which begs the question: Which film will we talk about first? Well, I I think you kind of have to go in succession here because so that would be the Gumball Rally came out what six months before the Cannonball Run? Is that correct? No, the Gumball Rally came out in 1976. The Cannonball Run came out in 1981. That was that. Hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Um, I actually. Oh wait, that's right. I took I took photos. Ooh. <laughs> because of the fact that I suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the Gumball Rally came out in 1976. Was direct, the, let me bring up, and my that was that was the year that I moved from Georgia back to Akron, Ohio, and I was Georgia. just just in time for the blizzard of 76 that was great so yes directed by charles bale who goes by chuck who was a uh-huh. stunt driver if i recall uh-huh um written by said charles bale and leon capitanos who did the screenplay and yes. also helped with the story 
Um, notable, notable people in the cast: Michael Sarenzen, Norman Burton, Gary Busey, uh, John Duran, Susan Flannery, Harvey Jason, Stephen Keats, Tim McIntyre, John. A lot of old timers, like the uh, the two guys in the um, the the old British car. The um, no, they, well, oh, no, they were um, driving a German car. I'm sorry. They were driving they, the. Uh, they were driving the, the Mercedes. Mercedes. Mercedes SL convertibles. Really. They had done. That was J. Pat O'Malley and. and uh, oh, gosh. Vaughn Taylor. Yes. Um, and they had done live television in the 50s together. So it was kind of a reunion for them, which was kind of nice. J. Pat O'Malley um, played Alfred Hitchcock in. A movie and i can't remember freaking what movie it was he was in tons of crap oh my god yeah uh uh th- yeah there were a lot i mean you you forgot raul julia well we were we were coming up to the good stuff there and i just lost oh, it sorry but yeah yeah uh yeah let's see who else was in this thing med floor he was funny yeah, but raul julia absolutely one of my favorite uh, other than gomez adams this may be my favorite performance by raul julia ever i, I just absolutely love him as franco in this movie he's just, first he's thing like, first thing yeah <laughs> it, it is if it's behind <laughs> us it doesn't matter <laughs> the first rule of italian driving Ching. What is behind me is not important. <laughs> How many times have I used that line in real life? God only knows. <laughs> well, my triumph, my blue triumph. Yes. The 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 mounting peg actually stuck up in there. That's how it was built. You could pull the mirror off of the car. And I had done that at one point. I grabbed it, pulled it off, and tossed it in the back <laughs> and uttered that line at one point in time. But yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, and I'll start off by saying in this review, I love the Gumball Rally. I think I like it more than Cannonball Run. You're high. Well, I have I have my reasons, but you know, um, but anyway, so I, I did not get to watch it in its entirety. I watched many clips of it uh, through the past week and everything like that. So, um, stuff that you would like to say about the movie? Uh, okay. Um, the Gumball Rally is based off of the actual cannonball race cannonball baker's coast to coast memorial yes um which brock yates ran solo the first time and then got people involved in it mm -hmm. so it was and um and then he and then he quit he, he decided that it was getting too dangerous. You came up with an idea that was too dangerous. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so uh, uh, there is a lot of similarities between the two movies. Uh, I have to say I like the cannonball run better than the and I, th- I thought rally. that might be the case so that that's that's why i'm i'm asking for your opinions and 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 little bits that you have found first and but when i watched both of these movies 
they're both almost exactly the same. The comedy is a little different. The the writing is a little bit different. Yeah. Um, you know, instead of an ambulance, you have a police car that they're changing well, the logos on every state. Yeah. Which actually, that was actually Brock Yates' car in the second actual Cannonball Run that he did. I think there so. are pictures of him next to the ambulance. So, well. <clears throat> when we get into the cannonball run we can talk more we about, talk Brock about that, Yates yeah. because yeah. Brock Yates is a huge part oh, of yeah. the cannonball run yeah. um, so, anyway, so back to the gumball so, rally so back to the gumball rally the gumball rally intrigued me because of some of the cars that were used uh-huh. uh, there's there's other aspects of this movie uh, like the all of the scenes that were shot of the cars in motion, they were being driven by the actors. That's right. Because the director, who was a stunt man, stunt coordinator, mm-hmm. got him and his stunt coordinators on the movie to teach all of the actors how to actually drive correctly and safely at high speeds. So there are, I don't think there is a single dolly toad uh where they where they put a car on a trailer and then the car towing it's got the filming equipment and films them as if they're driving i don't think there's a single shot of that in the entire movie there are stunt people driving and doing some of the you know because at one point the the camaro goes up on two wheels in the la freeway that was a stunt driver that was not gary Busey, but when they're driving at 100, 120 miles an hour, and you see Michael Sarazen and Raul Julia driving a Ferrari and an AC Cobra, those are the real actors driving those real, and those were real cars. None of them were replicas. They were real, honest to God, cars. Which and 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 that was one of the first movies to ever not dub car sounds onto car chases and stuff like that. When you heard. The Porsche tearing through Manhattan on a Sunday morning where they shut down the roads. When you heard the Camaro, when you heard the Ferrari, that was that actual car driving like a bat out of hell through Times Square in, in, in early morning. And, and, and it, it, it sounds like there's this there's the one scene where like some random guy is like he hears all these cars tearing ass through Manhattan. He's just looking around like, what the hell is going on? It's like I'm in the wrong spot. <laughs> There's a man. You just killed one of my trivia questions. You no shit. Bastard. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> ah, that's okay. Um, that's just me pontificating because I so, love this movie so. So much. synopsis wise, uh, did tell me what what this what what part of the movie made it your favorite. Wow. Um, I absolutely love the near the end when the Cobra and the Ferrari are tearing ass in Los Angeles down the river in that in that uh, the the flood gate river cement monstrosity that they have running into Los Angeles. It's just such a fun 
fun scene and it sounds so good and uh, yeah i mean that's just i can watch that movie there's a couple parts like the motorcycle guy is really the 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 token comedy bit and even his stuff isn't really over the top too much um But yeah, I mean, you know, tearing through New York, tearing through LA, um, I just, you know, yeah, it, it, it sounds so good. It, it's just a much more real feeling film. Like, I, I think that's, if you watch that film, you, you get kind of the experience of what that, that race really was all about. Okay. Um, I'm going to uh, name off a, a few little stats here for okay. you. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Guess what it rates on their tomato meter? Probably fifty-seven. Per, well, no way for the for the critics or for the no, no on the tomato meter. Oh, okay. I'm gonna go fifty. Their I'm ranking. Gonna go, I'm gonna go fifty-seven. Thirty-six percent. Ooh, that's rough, man. Audience rating. Hmm. 65 yeah, okay. out of 100. Yeah. Uh, let me... Uh, Although it got better reviews from Cisco and Ebert than the Cannonball Run did. Really? Oh, yeah. They hated the fucking Cannonball Run. Let's see here. Hated it. Roger Ebert. Although we are all going to have the greatest difficulty ever remembering the name of the Gumball Rally, it is a pleasant, slick inoffensive entertainment they gave it a 2.5 out of 5 okay uh shall we wait till later to to find out what they said about the cannonball run oh no well, well trust me <laughs> i have this all laid out we're doing the first movie first <laughs> And then we'll do the second movie. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Ah, uh, let's see here. Uh, Variety. Variety's review. Former stunt coordinator Chuck Bale produced and directed, but he didn't have much of a plot. Yeah, and but I I I would have to disagree with that because the cannonball race is a plot. There that, is that, a plot there. Yeah. It, it it is not any uh, kind of movie going to be getting any kind of awards, you know. I mean, there's a lot of just enjoyable films out there, fluff films, and this is one of them. But I, it's just, it's just a little more real. I just you know, it, it's and I guess it really depends on your mood, because I do have some slapstick moods, and I will go for the latter. Or if I'm you know wanting to get my you know high octane you know fuel on i did then i go for the former you know that's just it's just whatever you're feeling that day kind of thing so let's see here roger Eder from the new york times people who pay money to see this effort to find knee slapping knee slappers in the 55 mile an hour speed limit will also make amiable fools of themselves <laughs> <clears throat> Needless to say, the, the critics were not happy with this. No. But the, the critics were not happy with either of the movies that no. that no. were chosen for this week. Yes. Um, 
you said that this is one of your favorite movies. It really is. It, 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 I don't have a ton of movies that I physically own on physical media. This is one of them. Okay. Um, did, did you find out about the budget? Ah, yes. I was, uh, I was just about to bring this up. Um, the, uh, okay. I still am having problems with COVID, so none of my electronic crap will respond to my fingers. Oh, yeah. And it hates looking at your face, so it doesn't work there either. <sighs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> his iPhone, he holds it up and he's like, yeah, I'm going to pass. I'm good. So what I'm going to do is <laughs> on like an impotent jerk and then bend over and take it up the tailpipe. So, number one in the box office for 1976 was the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, wow. Starring Jack Nicholson and Louise Fletcher. Um, it made $56 million in the box oh. office that year. Number two was All the President's Men, Dustin Hoffman, Robert Redford, Jack Warden, uh, Jason Robards. Oh, I love oh, him. Oh, yeah. Uh, it made $29 million, Half as much. Mm. Um. Uh, let's see. Uh, the bad news, bad news bears comes in at number four with twenty-two million. Uh, let's keep going down here. Up, up, up. Here's one that that we're going to talk about a little bit later. <laughs> Murder by Death. With oh, Peter God, Falk, yes. Alec Guinness, Peter Sellers was the number eight movie that year and oh, made eighteen point eight million dollars. Just below that in number nine was Jaws. Oh, wow. Making $16 million. <laughs> and then number 10, making $13,850,000, was Blazing Saddles by Mel Brooks. Oh, God. Of course, that thing has probably made much more money in the years past that. But now. Let's see where the gumball rally came in. <laughs> take, I, I want you to take a guess. 25. Okay, you're going 25. How much money do you think it brought in? I would say it probably brought in maybe nine mil. Mm. Dun, 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 dun. Let's see here. I have to find that. I have to find the A team. Uh, <laughs> 31st, the <laughs> Gumball Rally. Michael Saracen, Tim McIntyre, Raul Julia, and Gary Busey with a whopping $5 million. Hey, they made money. I think their budget was 4.5. Their budget was all in cars. Yep. All right. Um, I, I I think it is time to do our our little uh, our little trivia moments here. Uh, mm. we, he already ruined me for um, <laughs> for because what? I, because I had I had it listed that all the cars 
were real, which yes. for people nowadays, especially people that watched what happened with the Miami Vice thing. Uh, or Ferris Bueller. Or Ferris Bueller. It, it became a, a very important for, for uh, or I, you know, it, it, it gets expensive to use real cars. Mm-hmm. Especially a car like a Ferrari Daytona, a true 1974 Ferrari Daytona, where there was only 170 some made. Uh, and, and they used two. Mm-hmm. One is a backup, but yeah, but anyway. Do you know one who was, do, you, do you know who who owned that red Ferrari at one point in time? That was the damn trivia question, jackass. It was Mel Blank of Bugs Blanc. Bunny fame. Blank. 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 It was very French. Bugs Bunny. Sorry. Bugs Bunny. Bugs he Bunny, was, the he was million the voice, other voices. The voice of Bugs Bunny. Do you know where the other chassis made its fame uh star is born okay you you got all of your trivia from from imdb I uh, there was no other fucking source it was bad it, it, it was it, tough dude it was it was it's, this film has so little info on it out there it's it's just scary uh there there was not a lot to to go off of online with this movie. Nope. First off, most people, um, most people that 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 were were that had anything to do with like reviews or anything like that, didn't even write reviews for this movie. Uh, Siskel and Ebert were the only two that that two bigwigs that actually yeah. did a review. I think the New York Times might have done a quick review, but it was like a blurb. It was nothing. Yeah. Um, like, oh, there was a movie. And yeah. I will say, I, w- I will say in, in, in everyone's defense, if you ever watch this movie because of what we're talking about, the music sucks. Dear God, the music sucks. I, I almost wish somebody would take that movie, re-edit it, and put a real fucking soundtrack on that thing because the music is just god awful so just ignore the music and unfortunately they don't play it a ton but yeah it's just it's bad okay so um so what was your favorite part of the movie one of my most favorites and this is probably one of your trivia things is the fact that the jaguar jaguar would not start damn it damn it damn it damn it and I know why now. I never knew. I when I first watched the movie, I was just like, "Oh, okay." It's a that, that, Jaguar. And that that car doesn't start. That's kind of funny and everything. It's and then when British. I owned fucking British cars and watched it again, I was like, "Holy shit! I totally get it now." Fuck. Oh god, that's hilarious. I mean, I I've never watched a movie a third time and laughed out loud at something that I just didn't get. It was a uh, that was my funniest part of of this whole flick, and it was uh, it's because I've owned a Jaguar. <laughs> um, I had a Jaguar XJS, and oh god! And, and I tell people this story all the time. Um, they they the year that I had came with 
air suspension. It had all, oh man, it had everything. And, and, but the thing about the air suspension, notice I keep coming back to the air suspension <laughs> because when the air suspension breaks, <laughs> it is $5,000 just for them to figure out where the fucking leak is. That's yeah. just in labor, guys. Yeah. I took it, it, it to the show. I, I sat back and I went, I fix semis on my own. I can figure out how to fix this. Second, <laughs> for anyone that doesn't know this, the airbags actually protrude into the trunk of a Jaguar. Oh, God. It, British engineering at its finest. It is not just outside. I mean, you literally, unless you go and and take it to a Jag specialist, you will end up cutting through your trunk. <laughs> to fix the, the fucking car. <laughs> to replace the airbags in there, or to replace the air shocks in it. Oh, it's bad. Oh, it's bad. That's so that is. Did you stumble upon the reason that they did that to the Jag in the movie? Uh, I'm, I'm sure I did. But go ahead and give me some. Okay. The the producers had approached the company Jaguar and asked them to provide a car for the film. Jaguar refused. So the producers obtained a Jaguar seen in the early scenes from elsewhere. Then, in an apparent act of fuck you and retaliation, filmed the in-garage scenes of the rally send-off with a Jag being unable to participate because it refused to start. It is a 1974 XKE V12 Series 3, and the unreliability of that car was legendary, apparently. Uh, it actually made Time Magazine's 2019 list of the 50 worst cars of all times. I just read that. That's freaking hilarious. And and I, I know we're not supposed to talk about the other film, but in the other, in, in reality, I believe Brock Yates actually did drive a Jag to success in the actual, in one of the actual runs, which I found fucking amazing. I don't know if he did or not. I, I Someone did. Someone, someone did the entire real race in a Jag. And it finished, which that's a miracle on its own. Did you write down the Playboy centerfold trivia? Mm. No, but it was like a number of 1971 and 72 girls, if I recall. Well, actually, 71, 71, 72, 74, 76. So it was Liv Lindlin, <laughs> Heather Van Every. <laughs> Vicky Peters, Francine Parks, and Dana House, of which none of them were any of the ones that I met at the Adorama <laughs> one year that I went. They were probably a little long in the tooth at that point in their career. <clears throat> yeah. Um, How about the shot of the Ferrari when it was being followed by the helicopter? 
Uh, do tell. Well, they were trying to get a shot of the Ferrari speedometer, but the helicopter, and they used many helicopter shots in this movie, the helicopter couldn't keep up. So they finally got the shot by mounting the camera on the front of the AC Cobra and driving behind the Ferrari to get the shot of the speedometer going over 120. Oh, wow. Um, did you have the trivia about Norman Burton? I don't have that written down. What is, what is that trivia? <clears throat> uh, sadly, Norman Burton would end up dying a few years after this in a car crash. And Norman Burton was the, the police officer, I do believe. Yes. Yes. Um, Lieutenant Roscoe. Roscoe Peak. Train, which is maybe where they got the Roscoe P. Coltrane uh, thing from. You never know. Uh, it could very well be. Uh, the Cobras used in filming were actually serial numbered, so mm -hmm. they were they were CSXs. They, they were real. Yeah, everything they used was a real, real car. So the CSX, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, is the actual designation for the Shelby Col Cobras, uh, which nowadays are worth just about everything. Millions. Yeah. Big time bucks. So we had a 1966 Ford Shelby Cobra 427 side oiler, the 74 yeah. Ferrari Daytona, yeah. 74 Porsche 911 Targa, Mm -hmm. 71 Dodge Polara 440 police car and 1970 and a half Chevy Camaro Z28. Those are the cars that, well, no, I take it back. The Camaro didn't finish, but the other four did. Well, the Camaro finished in a way. <laughs> yeah, finished itself up in the, <laughs> and I love that scene too. Damn, almost made it. Fucking <laughs> <Like> Gary Busey. <laughs> Uh, Gary Busey, uh, man, I tell you what, it, I, it is it is sad the shit that this man has gone through, because he was incredibly awesome. Well, he was uh, so weird, but yeah, I loved him in this film. Um, do, do you know where the uh, the Mel Blanc Pearson um, Automotive Museum? Okay, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're sharing all the same stuff here and here. So. Uh, okay, so what about the girl at the end of the film? Honkin' Hooters. Yes, Emergency Plan Alpha, I believe, is yes. how Sarenson referred to it as. Do you know who that was? Oh, gosh. No, I don't know who that was. That is Linda Vaughn, who was an American motor racing personality who is described as the premier beauty queen of stock car racing and the first lady of motor sports. She was named Miss Queen of Speed at Atlanta International Raceway at 18. Uh, wow. She was chosen to be the queen of the 1961 Dixie 400. Uh, they give her stats in 
body measurements, which were kind of incredible. But she was also like Miss Hurst of her shifters. She was Miss Hurst of, yeah. And she was also in Stroker Ace. Wow. And inducted into the Motorsports Hall of Fame in 2019. Really? Yes. I do love that. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I think uh, I, I, I know that we haven't talked about this yet. Trisha O'Neill. Uh, Trisha O'Neill played Angie in the film. Uh, oh, she showed up on a couple on a Star Trek episode as a uh, admiral at one point in time. She also played a Klingon. Oh God, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking her up, and I'm like, oh, shit, that's where I know her from. Okay. That's the only trivia I came up with on this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, it, it, it was a tough one. It, it, this one was tough. And did you use IMDb for Cannonball? I tried to stay away from that one as much as humanly possible. So we should have some different stuff. Oh, hang on. I, I, I forgot I have another page to go to here. Oh. Which... Uh, da, 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 I think da, I'm da, out da. of. Although, uh, uh, like you know, the most of the filming uh, took place in Arizona. Uh, the opening scenes of the race were filmed in downtown New York early on a Sunday morning on closed roads, including Broadway and Park Avenue, uh, George Washington Bridge, and the Lincoln Tunnel, which was used from the exit from New York into New Jersey. Uh, yeah. The final duel between the Cobra and Ferrari was filmed at and in Los Angeles River, and the closing scene was shot at the Queen Mary in Long Beach. Additional filming was done in the city of Orange, specifically around the downtown plaza area. I really don't have anything else to add to this because no. uh, the next page that I went to um, that I had saved really says the same thing that IMDB and everything else did. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, this, this movie was tough for trivia. It's just one of those. Uh, if you enjoy cars in any way, shape or form, um, the, the, the Ferrari and the AZ Cobra going back to back, uh, Raul Julia's performance is great. He is the, I not quintessential. What's the word I'm looking? At? He is that the the Italian lover. Like at one point, he actually drops out of the Ferrari race and jumps into this car with this honey. Oh God! Oh, she is. God, I'd have to look her up. The the blonde in the Mercedes that he meets at the oh gas at station. the uh, at the gas station. Um, yes. Uh, who is she? She had done something else. It took me a hot second to figure out who the hell she was. Colleen Camp is her name. And she was also known for... Oh, she played a vet in Clue, the, the maid. Ah. I was like, that's where I've seen her. And apparently she was also in Wayne's World. So, yeah. Uh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's all we got to say about that. It's uh, uh it's a wonderful film with not a whole shit ton of trivia about it. Uh and, and there's some I mean there are some scenes where the the Camaro is tearing ass through the backwoods of some place and everything and it's it's sliding through corners and stuff like that. It sounds awesome. There's just there's just you know, you'll pick up bits of this film that are 
sucky. You'll pick up bits of this film that are awesome. And I just think overall, it's a great experience for anyone who enjoys cars in any way, shape or form. So one to 10 bourbons, what are you going to give it? I can't remember the bourbon scale. Oh, how many bourbons it takes before I enjoy it? Yeah, that's only that's only a sip. I always enjoy that movie, man. Okay, so that's a one bourbon. Nah, that's a that's that that's a that's a taste. It's zero. I'll one, take it a zero. Two. Yeah, I, I'll do a zero, man. I I could watch that. Wow. Soon. I would say that it's about a four for myself. I love cars. I love sports cars. Uh, the Ferrari Daytona is my ultimate favorite car that I want to own someday, <laughs> but I don't have $2 million. Uh, that could be for a replica. Yeah, buddy. Um, so yeah, there, there you go. On that note, we have been going now for one hour and 13 minutes. And guess what that means, ladies and gentlemen? That means that we need to take a break because my bladder is small. Small bladder. Bye-bye. Paul Blurt. A recording. <laughs>